Welcome to this week's Screen Sight Up. This is Richard Henschel with the University of Illinois Extension Service. And this week there's a, a few things I want to talk about all related to the weather and in particular all the rain we have been having and what, what's happening out in our landscapes and in our perennial and vegetable beds. And certainly uh, with all the rain, um, the all the all the websites that record water and and or drought are indicating that uh, we are at least at this point without a drought, which is a good thing. Um, on the other hand, uh, if plants have received lots and lots of water all season for the most part, uh, and they've never had to really put down roots into the soil deeper because of the water that's been available to them, uh, when we do have uh, some hot, dry weather, and we're likely to have that happen yet here uh, in, in August, uh, while we've had all the rain, uh, you might see some of your plants in your yards, especially annuals and some newly planted perennials that, um, even though we've had the water, they're going to look wilted, and they probably are wilted, and it's because they have, haven't had to develop that deeper, bigger root system to get water during drier times. So that's something that kind of kind of you can be on the lookout for. Uh, out in the vegetable garden, uh, several things are happening. Um, you may have noted that if you had tomatoes that were virtually ripe and you did not get them picked uh, before we had these big rain events, that when you went out to get them, the skin was split. That's uh, just a reaction of the tomato fruit still imbibing water. And uh, with a mature fruit, uh, the skin has stopped expanding, so the skin would split as a result. Uh, those kinds of tomatoes are, if you catch them right away, they're still good for fresh table use, if you will, not good for preserving, canning, anything like that, because you want to only preserve and can the very best uh, fruits and veggies you have out of your garden. So the remedy to this is if it looks like it's going to rain and you look out in the garden and you see tomatoes that are either clearly ripe or mature or going to be ripe and mature in the next few days, it's best to go ahead and harvest them now before a rain event. Um, as to wait, otherwise you're likely to see those split skins. If a tomato plant, if a tomato fruit is within just a few days of being ripe anyway, even though you've harvested it, it will continue to ripen and have the same flavor, taste, and textures as the tomato that was on the vine and truly ripe uh, when you when you picked it. So you want to stop the splitting uh, of that ripe fruit if it's if you can. Um, in, a, in a different kind of a way, I'd want to talk about uh, cucumbers and zucchinis. Right now, it only takes three or four days with all the moisture that we've had to go from a pollinated female ovary on your zucchini or your cucumber plant to something you want to be able to harvest and take indoors and, and uh, cook or use in a salad if it's a cucumber. Uh, if you wait much more than three or four days, you're going to find out that the, the, the cucumbers are much larger, they're much bigger around in diameter, that the, the zucchinis are much, again, longer and bigger around in diameter that you're looking for. Um, another uh, vine crop that needs to be looked at in about the same time interval every three to four days is going to be any of your uh, straight-necked or crook-necked squashes. Um, they also grow very, very rapidly when, when they have adequate moisture. 
So that's another area that needs to be um, dealt with. Um, some other other crops in your garden, vegetable garden, that you really need to maintain their pro productivity would be um, zucchini, excuse me, um, Swiss chard and snap beans. Um, uh, snap beans need to be harvested just as the seed begins to show up through the pod that is the 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 pod itself will still be tender the bean inside will still be tender um, and that's the best size usually then for fresh table use indoors so harvest the beans quite regularly uh, with all this moisture we're having and in terms of swiss chard uh, you want while it's a crop that's a season-long producer for us we want to maintain uh, a good vigorous strong plant so we should be harvesting off the older outer leaves that will encourage new growth from the inside center which will continue to be um, young and tender so that's what you're really looking to do um, in, out in the vegetable garden in the home landscape uh, right now, um, you know, the mantra ought to be mow the lawn, mow the lawn, mow the lawn. Uh, it, it's going to grow quite rapidly. It's, while we can't get out and mow because the soils are wet and the grass is wet, the grass plant itself will definitely continue to grow and uh, can easily be much taller than what we'd really prefer. Uh, the best way to handle that right now is to, for at least for one mowing, uh, set the lawnmower up a notch or two uh, so that you're not removing, um, you don't want to put it in shock by removing, say, half the grass plant. Uh, so if you can remove about a third of the grass plant at each mowing to get back down to the right, to your typical normal mowing height, that would be the proper way to do it. Uh, with all the moisture we've had, uh, the grasses have been looking, in our yards have been looking pretty darn good. Lots of green, um, as well as perhaps lots of uh, weeds as well, because they're going to continue to germinate and grow. If you had crabgrass preventer put down, it's long gone, uh, pushed out of the zone either by all the rain we had or its effectiveness has really uh, um, is no longer present. So you might maybe seeing some good-sized crabgrass uh, out in the lawn if you do, and you can catch it when it's nice and tiny. It's easy enough to pull out of the lawn because it just kind of, in the beginning, rests on top of the grass blade with a singular root system going into the soil. If we allow it to get a lot bigger, um, then all those side shoots that radiate out from the crown of the, uh, the crabgrass plant will... Uh, also take root at the nodes and at that point it becomes very difficult to pull out and then when it does die this fall and it does finally sh come out uh, you're going to see that uh, it's left a rather large 6, 8, 10 inch or larger browned turf area beneath it uh, that is uh, very difficult to get to recover before the frost and the cold weather of winter so get out there and if you see it growing in the lawn uh, grab it as quickly as you can while it's still young and, and that uh, will go a lot uh, farther in terms of keeping crabgrass out of your lawn. It will also mean that it isn't going to go to seed and uh, generate uh, potential problems for next year either. So those are some of the things that we're doing, uh, should be doing. Uh, another area that we have seen quickly here is that there's been a lot of leaf spot problems on many of our trees and shrubs this summer due to the wet weather, due to the cold spring we had. 
And uh, fortunately, um, the vast majority, 99% of our foliar diseases on trees, shrubs, uh, are not fatal in any way. Uh, the tree will come back next year or shrub just fine. So uh, while it's uh, visually unappealing right now, many of these um, foliar blights are not permanent or, or um detrimental in terms of the of the of the plants themselves so those are some of the things that are happening out in the landscape it's always a pleasure to talk with wdcb listeners and i'll be back again next week